Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Shanda and I are at home because this past week we had a, we were out, out of the country. We were in uh, Denver, Colorado just for a few days with some good friends, uh, Doug and Donna Lassett in the Pearl Church there. And it uh, was a pastor's conference. It was wonderful. But the thing that changed while we were away is that uh, the authorities mandated or at least strongly encouraged us to self-isolate for 14 days while that happened or once we got home. So we're fine. We don't have any symptoms at all. And to our knowledge, we were not around anybody that was sick in any way, shape or form. But uh, in these times, as we're all well aware, obviously, because I'm sitting at my home and you're at your home or wherever you are, uh, these are interesting times and challenging times. So we're doing our very best to go by what uh, the authorities ask of us in this time to mitigate the spread, to lessen the spread, uh, to ensure that our healthcare system is not overwhelmed uh, by many, many cases of this coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever the term we're using right now. So. Which leads me to a couple of things that I want to address before we get into all what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, last week on Thursday, I think it was, the government mandated that there be no uh, gatherings of 250 people or more. And that obviously right away applied to us. Um, we have faith in the middle of this. We're not doing anything that we're doing out of fear at all. But it's interesting, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about probably I think almost a month uh, the one another series where we're trying to respond to our uh, neighbors our friends even our enemies uh, with love as Jesus did for us Jesus said love one another as I have loved you and we've been talking about that and in fact right now what we're doing I think is an, a, an exact uh, opportunity to do that so right now, there's three important things that talk about the why we are responding as we are at this time. And uh, let me underline at this time, because things are changing rapidly uh, and may continue to change. And we're going to have to continue to adapt and we're preparing for that. But the three things that are kind of the why that are kind of undergirding what we're doing right now is um, we love our neighbor best by protecting our neighbor right now. So at this time, that means avoiding large groups. That means where the risk of transmission is the greatest. In particular, that's the, the elderly, those with compromised immune systems, and those with underlying medical uh, issues. Um, so we want to be really aware of that. Uh, we don't want to be responsible for unduly bringing people to harm. The second thing is we're not being fearful. We're being responsible. That's why we've taken this action. And, uh, and let me also be clear that I'm making no comment on the decision of what other churches or other people are doing. That's totally up to them. Uh, they're responsible for their decisions and their church and, and, and God bless them in that. We pray that God gives them wisdom. But for our uh, house, if you will, our Horizon family, we have a multi-generational church and we have lots of people uh, in in one place at one time. So we really want to be sensitive to that. Uh, Proverbs 22 and 3 says that a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. 
the experts in this field, uh, the medical people, the scientists that study and uh, these things all the time, uh, are giving us clear direction. So we want to be responsible to follow them. Sometimes God protects us uh, supernaturally. He also protects us by giving us wisdom of how to how to how to live and how to how to do life. It's not all uh, pie in the sky. It's often very practical things that we're meant to do. Uh, we imply it in all spheres of our life. We pray all the time for protection, but I also put my seatbelt on. Pray, pray all the time for protection, but I also wear uh, my helmet if I'm riding down the mountain on a on a ski hill, whatever it might be. Uh, we use that all the time in all different spheres of life. Faith and wisdom are not um, competitors in this moment; they're collaborators. Uh, Number three, so we're, we love our neighbor best by protecting our neighbor. We're not being fearful, we're being responsible. And three, it's love, what love requires for us right now. That means there might be silly things, there are at least things that seem silly to you right now. Um, but please, let's love our neighbor by doing all the health things that we are being asked to do right now. Wash your hands more. Uh, for some, uh, maybe that seems like a, a given, but obviously it's not. I wash them properly. Sing happy birthday three times while you're washing them. I don't know. There's all kinds of these things out there. Cough into tissue or into your elbow. Don't shake hands. Uh, keep, keep a little bit of a distance between people. All the things. Love your friend. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. Love for our city. We want to do this because we love our small business owners who are feeling a pinch right now. Love for those that have lost work. Love for the ones ridden with anxiety. Love means I lend some of my strength when yours is low and vice versa. Love means I encourage you and you encourage me. I give courage to you. We'll be talking more about some practical things that we'll do in the days ahead. Uh, and before I get into what I'm gonna talk about today, I wanna to talk about, or I wanna just mention three things that we are going to do. And I, uh, I'm indebted to Pastor Dave Coop from Coastal Church uh, on these three points. And I think they're really salient right now. Uh, Number one, we're going to collaborate with the appropriate authorities as we continue to do our part to help contain this virus. They've asked specifically for faith communities to really lead in this. Uh, we're, we have lots of interaction, maybe more than uh, many other people. Uh, and so we're going to continue to collaborate in the days ahead, whatever that look like, looks like. Number two, we're going to communicate with you uh, what our response will be. And I can't say today, and I'm, uh, we're going to do this, this, this. Uh, beyond probably this week because it's rapidly changing all the time. Uh, we, but I want you to know that we're going to communicate uh, probably online like we're doing right now by, or via email, via our social channels. Uh, you may see me popping on to Facebook Live or Instagram Live or various ways, but we're going to be meeting about that and we've already begun to meet about that. But immediately I want to communicate that our worship night schedule for Wednesday is canceled and our set free retreat that's scheduled for a couple weeks from now is also going to be postponed. Uh, beyond that, I'm not sure what all of our responses are going to be, but we're going to continue to communicate as we've talked about right now. And thirdly, we're going to care. And I'm not I'm not meaning that I'm going to just care for you, uh, but we are going to care for one another. The, the one of the great descriptions of the of the church is a body, and the body cares for itself. The body cares for one another, and uh, we're going to work on some ideas and strategies that we're going to use to help us creatively care for one another. Uh, but you don't have to wait for our uh, directive or our suggestions. Uh, if you know somebody right now that's feeling a little low, give them a call, give them a text, uh, send them an email, whatever it's going to be. 
uh, if you're feeling a little low, reach out, reach out to somebody. Uh, you can, and as well, we're, we're going to give time for this. And I think it's already been mentioned that if you need prayer, prayer at horizonchurch.ca, reach out through a direct messaging, through Instagram, direct message through Facebook, Messenger, however it would be, but reach out. Uh, it's obviously challenging times right now, but so that's kind of what collaborate. We're going to work together with the appropriate authorities. We're going to communicate with, with you as much as we can uh, in all various spheres, and then we're going to care for one another. But there's a larger issue going on. There's a storm, and it, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be one who would sit here and say it's going to be over by this time next week. We really don't know. Uh, all indications from around the world seems like it's going to continue on uh, in various ways uh, for, for an un, unknown amount of time right now. Uh, and as such, we're likely going to face some consequences, some challenges economically, emotionally, relationally, in health. I'm thinking even I've been at home just for one day and I want to go out and get a coffee. I couldn't go out and get a coffee even. A uh, small little thing. I know first world problem, but it made me think over a couple of weeks as things go on and if people are isolated in all different ways, there's going to be be challenging uh, probably more so than we think and so I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say hey it's going to be all good tomorrow uh, but how we respond in the middle of it is incredibly important and we're going to go to the word of God in a moment and see what Jesus would say to us right now how to navigate through a storm and come through with and even in the middle of it how to go through it with peace and with courage and 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 how not to be knocked off track um, in the middle of what seems to be a challenging season. You know, the last couple of weeks, I think two weeks ago, on uh, um, I, I just spoke from something from my heart that I felt like Jesus had shared with me, and I encourage you to go to horizonfam.ca and, and listen to that. I think it's uh, the 8th, what's the, the last Sunday in February, if you want to look at that. Um, go ahead and give a listen to that as well. It speaks more to, to that whole process, but... Uh, storms are not fun. Last on Friday, Shannon and I were on our way back, and from Denver, and we landed in Seattle, and our flight was delayed for a significant amount of time. And I saw that there were some wind warnings up in Bellingham, where we were flying from Seattle to Bellingham, and it's delayed, delayed, delayed. And finally, at nearly midnight, they we got onto a flight, and as it was preparing to lift off, the 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 pilot said, "Sorry for all the delays, but it's been really windy up in Bellingham." It's been a little breezy down here in Seattle, but it's been really windy up there, but we're gonna get you there and we're gonna get you there quick and you'll be safe and everything like that. We just wanted to get home and I thought, oh, maybe uh, it's a smaller plane, a little turboprop. So sometimes you can get a little bouncy on that ride into Bellingham at the best of times. But anyway, the flight was uneventful pretty much until we started the approach into Bellingham. And this is, as I said, not a large plane. And as we descended, it got worse and worse. We were going up and down and side to side and there was, suddenly no talking on the plane it was absolutely quiet and it was like going like this and up and down it's and again you hear the engine we're sitting by the by the engine right there and you hear it roaring and back and forth and going like this and and Shanda's uh, suddenly grabbed a hold of my arm and squeezing it and doing all that and looking a little her eyes a little bit bigger than normal and but finally you can see the ground rising up and we hit the tarmac did a bounce and settled back down safely and it doesn't happen very often but it right then it, somebody started clapping on the plane we were we were all clapping with great joy that we had made it through the storm just a little storm but nonetheless it had uh, really got our attention as I got off the plane, I said to Shanda, oh, there's a sermon illustration for you. It's kind of how you look at things in life sometimes when you're a preacher. But 
I reflected on, it's reminded me of a little bit, honestly, of what's going on in our world. A storm that kind of seems to have been blown up, that's having all kinds of effects from craziness at Costco over toilet paper. Uh, we, we see more hand, hand, hand sanitizers than we were. I, maybe you, some of you saw on the news about uh, someone who had been going around clear, cleaning out uh, all the, the wipes from the Costco's and then trying to resell them on a on a Amazon and things are being canceled. There's panic at grocery stores, borders are being closed. It's a very easy to let your mind start running with the bad things that could happen or maybe even already are happening. It's easy to let fear begin to run your life in the storm. Um, I also thought that even though I knew the storm was coming, I did not have a clue how to get through it. I had to trust the pilot to navigate the storm, that he knew what he was doing. He assured me at the beginning of it that he'd get us through. And I think that's a little bit what we're in right now. We're in a storm. We don't know what to do. It's really important to know who's piloting your life, who's leading your life, because he's the one who knows how to get you through. He knows how to get us through. Uh, he knows how uh, how and what we need. And so it's very, very important that we know who's piloting our, our lives right now. It's super hard to not scratch yourself. Um, but as, as we move forward, um, I'm reminded of a story and you probably, there's a movie called The Perfect Storm. It's called, uh, it's about a ship called the Andrea Gale in Massachusetts in like, I think it was around 1991 and they headed into the North Atlantic and they did not know that they would never be seen from again. Only a piece of debris ever turned up and the six crew members uh, vanished forever. And there was a film that followed and all that, but the real star uh, was the movie, was the, not of, of the movie, was the storm, what meteorologists called it at the time a perfect storm. Three elements came together at the same time in October 1991 or September 1991. A front moving from Canada into New England, the eastern seaboard of the United States. Now, obviously it's cold. Uh, a high pressure system building over Canada's east coast and the dying remnants of a hurricane, Hurricane Grace going along the eastern seaboard. And so all those three elements, the, the front moving from Canada, a high pressure system and a storm or, that was dying down came together, converging right over this little boat, little fishing vessel called the Andrea Gale. And on their own, the warm air, the cold air and the moist air are hardly noticeable. But when the wind patterns, fo patterns force them together, the result can be lethal. And the last radio transmission of Billy Tyne, the captain of the fishing boat, came at 6 p.m. on October the 28th, 1991. He reported his coordinates to the captain of his sister ship, saying, she's coming, boys, and she's coming on strong. The book and the movie brought the term perfect storm into common usage, but the concept is as old as humanity. People have always had to deal with the convergence of multiple rough circumstances. So much can go wrong that we quickly shake our heads and say, when it rains, it pours. And that's a little bit what's happening right now. We have economic things, we have health things, we have challenges. Uh, we have our own challenges that it, already before having some of these big level challenges that are coming at us. And uh, some of us are in storms already or have been. I mean, so much so that we might have even started naming our storms, a storm of betrayal, a storm of addiction, a storm of divorce, a storm of depression, a storm of whatever your storm might be. And those storms often seem to blow up out of nowhere, uh, where they come seemingly out of just a regular day going out or a regular season. And 
then the storm comes and you have to figure out how you're going to get through it when the disconnection in your communication in, with your spouse or the passing of a loved one or your bank account is empty or in the negative or your um, financial hurricanes is threatening to sweep away all that you have or maybe you're not getting work because of of this virus that's going around or whatever it might be. But when we do, the questions start to come up in us, where's God? Why would he allow us? Why doesn't he do something? But this is our main point today is never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of Jesus. Super key. Just like the pilot of my uh, plane, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of Jesus, the pilot of your life. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, just a chapter in Acts. If you have your Bible, you can go to there, Acts chapter 27, or you can follow along online. Um, this is about a story about the Apostle Paul. Paul was a follower of Jesus. Uh, he had been actually hated uh, the, the Christians, the Christ followers, and he did everything in his power to kill them and to persecute them, do all that kind of stuff. But then he had his own encounter with God. Uh, and God transformed his life where Paul, who had been a hater of the church, suddenly became a lover of the church and was planting churches. And in, in the middle of it all, he had uh, near the end of a chapter called Acts, which is a little bit of a history, a book of the, of the early church. Um, he, he was being put on trial himself and going from one area on ship to eventually, hopefully, end up in Rome. And he'd been in transit and he was um, going to appear before Caesar and he had been told that they needed to wait until winter was over. He told them, hey, it's, it, he had that sense that it was not a good time, but it seems he was overruled and off to sea they went. And then they came into a massive storm that was incredibly powerful and they were panicking. They were throwing cargo overboard. They were terrified. Um, the, the, it, was, it was not good at all. And, and in verse 20, it says this of Acts 27, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Sometimes in a storm, you, it's easy to lose hope. We can feel abandoned. We can feel afraid or overwhelmed. We begin to question God's goodness. We might feel that God's mad at us or maybe we're mad at God. How do you even see this? And in the middle of a storm, we not only can we lose hope, we don't always know the intensity of the storm until we're in it. We might think we know what we're going into. See, Paul said, hey, don't go because I, I don't think it's the right time to go. And they took a gamble on it thinking, well, we can handle this. Right now, we're heading into a storm that we really don't know the intensity of. And it's important to know that we uh, how to navigate through this. Uh, the sun is gone and even the darkness of night is not interrupted by the twinkle of the stars. Look at it. it says there that neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. It wasn't that they were there. It's because the clouds had obscured them and it was just an incredibly difficult time. Maybe you've had one of those times, maybe you, where it seems like there's no end at the light, no light at the end of the tunnel. You can't see a way forward. You're not sure how you're going to get through. It's maybe you've been in it so long that you're not sure if you'll ever get out. And then on top of that, your regular stuff is what's happening right now. The fear of the unknown number of years ago, I lost my job and I was on employment insurance. I thought it wouldn't last long. I thought it wouldn't take long to find something. It was really the first period of time where I'd ever been out of work. And days stretched into weeks and I was doing odd jobs here and there, but I couldn't find anything st steady. Uh, we literally were down to having, you know, a couple of potatoes in the, in the, in the, in the cupboard. Uh, very, very little, three, uh, three little kids or two and one on the way. 
And I was literally getting down to where my uh, unemployment insurance, which is already minuscule, was running out. And I was uh, secretly wondering if I was going to have to go to the welfare office and the food bank so that we'd have food. It was difficult and it seemed it had gone on for like nine months and it was tough. And when the winds blow and the storm keeps raging, you might hear yourself saying things like, it's never going to, it's never going to change. It's always going to be this way or it's going to get worse. Or our marriage is not going to make it. We're never going to get out of debt. There's no way I'll ever graduate. Uh, I'm not going to make it through a financial storm. We're always going to be depressed. I'm always, whatever it would be. And you can have that era of resignation. And Paul is in the middle of it. You notice that he says that the storm continued raging. Will this ever end? It seems like there's one thing after another. For many days, we don't know the duration of the storm that we're in. Um, in, in verse 20, 21, it says, after they had gone a long time without food, they'd gone a long time. It, it was not the, nearly the length of time that they had thought that it would be. Um, I've learned that sometimes storms are just part of life. You're in one. You're between one or you're just leaving one. And Paul in verse 22 of uh, chapter 27 said this. He said, but now I urge you, I urge you to keep up your courage. And, and I would echo that today. I want to urge you to keep up your courage. Keep up your courage in the middle of all the unknown. Keep up your courage in the middle of the storm. Keep up your courage when you don't know where and how things are going to take out. Uh, uh, move forward, I should say. Uh, keep up your courage, fear not. Fear not is one of the most common commands, if not the, the most common command of the Bible. It's easy to lose your courage. It's easy to slip from faith into fear. It's easy to see only the negative when the storm has been going and, or you can see it swirling towards you. But look at this. And uh, down in verse 23, he said, keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. And then he says this, last night, an angel of God, uh, of the God to whom I belong and to my serve stood beside me, stood beside me. In more ways than you can imagine, God is with you in this storm. He's working when you don't see it. He's working when you don't feel it. But settle in your heart. If you're a follower of Jesus, he is with you in this storm. He has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. He is with you in the storm. I've known that, I've experienced it uh, in difficult times when God has walked with us, has helped us in so many ways. Um, you know, even what I referred to there earlier when we were uh, nine months, uh, almost 10 months without work and doing our level best and trying and gutting it out and doing everything that you knew how to do and, and hanging on by a thread. And, and uh, at the end of it all, I, uh, I saw a job advertised in the newspaper that this is back then newspapers I know uh, we were in Campbell River and I saw a job that I thought oh I'll try I don't know that I've never done that before and and when I applied the person who called me back was someone that randomly my brother had gone to university with uh, a number of years before I knew him a little bit I that was on a Wednesday I went uh, my my EI ran out on a Friday uh, and then I started that new job on the Sunday and God took care of us. But a bit was a storm. It helps me to remind you, or I want to help you and remind you that God is with us. His, his spirit is not just out there for somebody else. But if you're a follower of, of Christ, he lives inside of you. He's with you. Uh, his spirit is comforting you. His spirit is guiding you. His spirit is within you. And some of you, you're going to realize it even more than you ever have before in this season. 
in what you're going through, that the Lord has not left you, that God is with you. He is still with you by your side, and he's given you strength. I want a, a verse in, the, in Scripture that talks about Jesus, talks about one of his names being Emmanuel, God with us. He's not God out there or the God up there, but when you follow him, he becomes God with us. He's with us in the storm. He's with us in the middle of it all. Psalm 512 says his favor surrounds you like a shield. In the middle of it all, the favor of God is on your life. He's shielding you in the middle of it. He's walking with you in the middle of it. And I want you to know that there is hope for tomorrow. It may be some difficult days, just as Paul had to go through that storm. Sometimes it's not of our choosing. Sometimes it's a storm that others have brought. Sometimes it's just a storm of life, which this seems to be. But God is going to get us through it. Uh, it, it, and I'm not minimizing anything. I just know that in times like this, I need to know and remind myself that Jesus is the pilot of my life. He is the leader of my life and he can help me, help me get through. There is hope for tomorrow. And don't confuse the wait for an answer from God with there being no answer from God. He is hearing your prayer. He hears your crying. He hears what you're going through. And never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of Jesus. He is with you. Uh, when I was in grade one, uh, I, we were in a small town, of, I think of four room or a six room schoolhouse, something like that, multiple grades in a school. I was in one room uh, with the grades one to three and I had other siblings older than me. And in grade one, I was getting bullied by a certain little uh, young man in grade three, I think he was. Um, and it kept going on. And the thing that put a stop to it was when I talked to my brother in grade six. He went and had a chat, and in the old days, having a chat behind the school meant a little differently than it does now. Uh, but after that chat from my elder, my older brother to the, my bully, uh, suddenly everything changed. And when I walked around on the on the park on the parking lot on the playground, everything changed because my brother was with me, and everything changed. I had a new confidence, I had a new boldness because my brother is with me, and. That's kind of like what Jesus is right now. He's with you. He is God with you. Uh, there's a story in, in the Jesus about Jesus in uh, the book of Matthew, where Jesus got into a boat and, and he started across the lake with his disciples. And, and it said, there's a word in, it's in Matthew 8 and verse 24. It says, suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake. That's a little bit what this seems to be. Although we kind of saw it coming, we kept downplaying it. Oh, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake last week, so to speak, with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. That's a little like this storm of COVID-19, but probably like many of our lives as well. Suddenly it seems to come. Suddenly it's overwhelming. Suddenly it's causing a panic. Suddenly we don't know what to do, but never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of Jesus. It's not about the storm coming at your boat. It's all about who is with you in your boat. Jesus is in your boat. If you're following him, if you're, he's the leader of your life, he is with you in that boat of your life. In other words, representing your life. When you have Jesus with you in the boat, your first reaction might be like the disciples, God, don't you care that we're going to drown? It's terrible. But Jesus gets up and says, hey, 
you, where's your faith in the middle of this? I'm with you. I'm right here. I've not gone anywhere. The storm may feel like that, but I am right here with you. And it reminds each and every one of us that he is with us right now. Whatever you're facing, whatever you imagine you're facing, what is actually going on, whether it is going on or not, uh, the storm, in the middle of that storm, you can rest easy. You can have confidence in the middle of it because Jesus is with us in the middle of it. Sometimes Jesus will calm the storm and sometimes he will calm you. But whatever happens, he is with you. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Some people make that mistake. Well, I'm at peace because I have a good job and uh, my wife is treating me well and I've got lots of money and uh, I've got a good car and all that and I feel peace. No, you, that's not what the biblical peace is. The biblical peace is shalom. It's a wholeness on the inside that no matter what's going on all around me, I can I can walk in peace and I can walk in confidence and I can walk in security. I can I can have a, a, a real positive attitude because I know that Jesus is with me in this storm. I'm not alone. The storm can swirl all around me, but I can have peace in the middle of the storm. My mind doesn't have to run. My emotions don't have to leave me. Now, it's very often emotions come and they're, instead of being indicators, they become dictators. But in the middle of all that you're going on, you may have all the feels, but rest your, your life on, your faith on, your hope on something that does not change, who has never left who never leaves us, never abandons us, and that's the person of Jesus. We begin to see that no matter what the storm is that's rocking my life, Jesus is with me in the storm. He has not abandoned me. He is God with us. He has not left us. He is God with you. He has not forgotten you. He is God with you. He knows you, God God with you. He sees you, God with you. He loves you, God with you. Further down now, the verse 25 Paul says this, so keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. I have faith in God. Faith is not what I see. Faith is what God says. Faith in what God says. Faith is not in the boat. It's faith in Jesus who is in the boat. He commands the winds and the waves. You see, I can't control my situation. You can't control your situation. We can't control what's going to happen over the next number of weeks uh, with all the response to this virus. We can't control how other people are going to respond. We can't control our marriage. We can't control people. None of that. Uh, we can't control what people do or what people will think. But we can control who you listen to. You can control what you say about your storm in your life. You can control where you place your faith. You can control your response to the storm and the pressure. How? Reminding ourselves, he is God with us. And I'm going to give you some things here in a couple moments here. But let's remind ourselves in Psalm 46, 1 to 3, where the psalmist said this ancient wisdom, probably five, 6,000 years ago, that God is our shelter and strength, always ready in times of trouble. So he will not, we will not be afraid, even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the ocean depths, even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by violence. God is our shelter. God is our strength always ready to help in times of trouble. I love that. It says always ready to help. Always ready to help. Prayer is our, is welcoming God into our storm, welcoming Jesus into our storm. Just like those disciples, Jesus was always ready to help. 
call out to him, call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. One of the greatest things that I think that we can do in this moment, in this season, is be people of prayer more than we ever have before. Call unto Jesus and call on and, and ask him and seek him and, and go to him and bring him. And I'm going to show you that here in a moment, but he is what I need. Because if the economy goes sour, God is with us. If our relationships break down, God is with us. If I don't get the job, God is with us. If I'm having a financial issue, God is with us. He is what I need. He is my safety when all hell is breaking loose around me. He is my strength when I don't feel like I can go on. He is my comforter when I feel like I've been betrayed or I, I'm just overwhelmed. He is my source. He is my redeemer. He is my sustainer. When, as I sit in the weight of the storm, he is my provider. He is my assurance. When I don't know what to do, he is my salvation. He is my comforter when I'm mourning. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of Jesus. I'm going to close in just one simple scripture. It's one uh, that's going to help you. And if you forget everything else that I've said, go to your Bible, Philippians 4, 6 to 7, uh, New Living Translation. And this is just a, four things that are going to help you. And this is right out of the scripture. The first phrase is, don't worry about anything. That is a hard one, isn't it? Don't worry about anything. Worrying doesn't accomplish a thing, though. Someone has said that worrying is just meditating on bad things. All that worrying does is further stress us out. And you know what stress does? Stress compromises your immune system. You can look that all up. It makes your, you are more susceptible to sickness. And so stress is not there. Worrying doesn't help you at all. Worrying only consumes you. We know we shouldn't do it, but still we often do. It's goal. It's a good goal to stop the negative practice of, uh, or behavior of worrying. Someone has also said that worrying is a little bit like um, a rocking chair. You move a lot, but you don't get anywhere. I love that the writer here, though, encourages to, us to not stop there. We need to move in an opposite practice. Someone is, uh, then he goes on to say this, don't worry about anything, then instead pray about everything. This is where we begin to think about unloading the cares of our heart. Give God your anxiety right now. Give God your fear right now. Give God your, your uh, uh, overwhelm right now. Give, prayer is not only a one-way thing, though. Listen to what, he's, uh, what he wants to speak to you in the quietness of your heart. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. God wants to speak into your heart, to speak into your discouragement, to speak into, to give you strategies, to help you to know what to do. He's speaking always in line with the written word of God. And maybe, maybe your first prayer needs to be, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to respond and give Jesus the leadership of my life. Let him be the pilot of the plane of my life. Let him be the, the, the captain of my ship. Let him be the leader of my life. And, and there is, there's a story in the Bible of two men and, and one was, one was and they were wondering, how do I get right with God? And one was talking to God about how good he was and how many good, great things he was going to do and, um, and how he was way better than that guy over there. And there was another one who was a man who had a lot of issues in his life, didn't have everything figured out. And, and he just over in the corner said seven little words, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And at the end, Jesus asked, who do you think went away right with God? And everybody said, obviously, the one who acknowledged his need for you. And, and that's it. If you can do anything this morning is to begin to invite God into your into the picture of your life. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Surrender our life to him and begin to give him the leadership of our life. So don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Begin to ask God 
Turn your worry into prayer. God, I'm worrying about my money. God, I need provision. I'm worrying about my relationship. God, I need a strategy. Whatever it might be, ask God for the peace that you need. Ask God for the provision that you need. Ask God for the protection that you need. Ask God for the courage that you need. Ask God for the healing that you need. Whatever you need, ask, 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 ask. Tell God what you need. And number four, thank him for all that he has done. You know, it's easy in the middle of all that's going on to focus on the negative or bad things that could happen. But thankfulness changes everything. It builds our faith as we remind ourselves of the way that God has moved in the past. It, remind, it, it, it just brings courage as we remind ourselves of all the times that God has been there for us in the past, of the ways that things that we thought would be negative and terrible, uh, and then they didn't end up that way, that God was with us in the middle of it all. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He's done. And then what happens? Verse 7 says this, Then you will experience God's peace. People want God's peace, but we have to go through the process. We have to go through that process. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. It's beyond what you can understand. When you shouldn't have peace, Jesus can give you peace. When the situation is overwhelming, Jesus can give you peace. When it seems to be overwhelming your boat, Jesus can give you peace. He is not just a God who brings peace. He is, he is peace, his very presence. And it goes on to say this, his peace will guard your hearts and guard your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It guards your heart, it guards your emotions, and guards your uh, mind, your thoughts. Our emotions are real, and you may have all kinds of emotions swirling around right now, but they cannot be the leader of your life. They are meant to be indicators, not dictators. Peace guards your heart, keeps things from that are going to destroy your perspective from getting into your heart. And Peace also guards your mind. Your thought life determines your action. The Bible says that as a man or a woman thinks, so is he. So we can never rise above the level of our thoughts. And so if our thoughts are continually negative, what, as we walk through this process, the peace of God comes and guards our thoughts to help us walk and think in a way that's going to help us. We want our life governed by the presence and the peace of Jesus. Can we do that? Can we invite him into our storm don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which can exceed anything or everything that we can uh, uh, understand. His peace will guard your hearts and will guard your minds. In a moment, Shanda's going to come. She's going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray that God touches you. We're going to pray that, that God brings you peace in the middle of it. And before she does, if you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, if you've never invited Jesus into your boat, so to speak, today is your day. And it simply is, as I've said already, seven little words, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible says that we pass from death to life. And you know, instead of being a God out there, he becomes a God in here, a God with us. And he begins to lead us from the inside. And we can begin to walk into peace, peace with God, peace with one another. So uh, you, all you, all you need to do is simply pray those prayers from your heart. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And it begins a journey. It's, it's a moment that can forever change the momentum of your life, surrendering our life to Jesus, surrendering the leadership of our life to him. So can I pray with you right now? Just pray from your heart something along these lines. I'm going to pray with my eyes open. It's all right. God still hears our prayer. But Lord, for my friends that might be there be saying, I need to make my life, uh, I, sorry, I need to give my leadership 
of my life to God. Pray along with me. God, God, I need you. Forgive me. Forgive me for walking away from you. Forgive me for not walking with you. Forgive me for my sin. Uh, I invite you to come in and lead my life. Be merciful to me, a sinner. I need you in uh, the driver's seat of my life. I need you to pilot my plane. I need you to be the captain of my boat. I need you to lead me. In in every season, I need the leadership of Jesus. I, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you've come to save me and to reconcile me to God. And right now, I surrender. I I. I I thank you for leading my life. I thank you for giving for giving my sin. Amen. And if you pray that prayer or something like that, I obviously went along a little, a little quickly there. Uh, but if you pray that prayer from your heart, you believe that Jesus came uh, to uh, to die and be buried and rise again to bring life to you, as you've repented of your sin, you become a follower of Jesus. And it begins a story and, and come back to here or to horizonfam.ca or to horizonchurch.ca. And over the coming weeks, we're going to help uh, not just you, but others to walk forward in our relationship with Jesus. I'm so excited. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that angels are rejoicing, that God is rejoicing, that lost sons and daughters are returning to him. And know that if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God has come in and has begun to lead your life. Shanda, can you come? And I just want you to pray. Uh, with our just just kind of thing, just coming alongside here it's a little bit awkward hey notice this is not all super professional because we're at home and nobody can even hear can uh, film us we don't have a film crew it's an iphone right there we're doing our best so thank you for your uh, patience with that can you pray hi horizon family thank you for joining with us today and i just want to pray a couple things so if you can just bow your head with me i want to pray for you first of all and i'm just really wanting to pray right now for um for all of us that are experiencing just a, a level of discomfort that as we we walk through this uncharted territory so right now if you just want to join me i'm going to close my eyes and pray but i'd like to ask that if you're at home today and this is something that you are struggling with right now is fear um, I want to pray for you. So I just want to ask you to just place your hand on your heart, just as a symbol that you're reaching out and you're responding to what the Lord um, wants to say to you in this moment through this message and through prayer. So if you want to join me, just put your hand over your heart and I'm going to pray for you right now. Uh, Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you come right now to each and every home, each and every individual, each and every person uh, who is tuned in and listening to this message. And Father, for every person that is struggling right now with fear, with anxiety, um, Lord, all of us, I know our minds are racing at times as we just try to keep pace with the message that keeps coming out and changing, it seems almost hourly. Father, I pray right now that the peace of heaven would come and invade each and every person's home and heart right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would become ones that would be so filled with the peace of heaven as we recognize who the pilot is in our plane, who the one is that leads our life. Lord, there would just be such a confidence yes. that would take the place of all fear yes. right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that we would be vessels that we carry that wherever we go. Lord, that as we go about our, our daily businesses and, and if we're still continuing to go to our workplaces or walking through our neighborhood, Lord, as we come and encounter individuals that don't even know who you are, Father, we have the opportunity to share that peace with them. 
So Lord, I pray right now that you would impact each one of us. Lord, we just speak to fear and we just tell it to go right yeah. now in the name of Jesus. You have no place um, in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts. So fear, I just ask, I just tell you right now to leave in Jesus name. Yeah. And for every individual that's listening to my voice right now, I just pray for you that the peace of heaven right in this moment would come yeah. and would rest upon you in a powerful way like never before. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are with us in the midst of the storm. Mm -hmm. You are not absent. You are not abdicating. You are not away and right. unaware. But Father, you love us and you care about every single detail of our life. Yes. And Father, as each one of us walks this journey and this path, on our own sometimes or with others or just completely unaware of how to respond. Lord, I thank you that you are with us. And Lord, I pray that in the coming days and weeks as we continue to move forward, that you would just remind us in those moments where fear would try to come in and try mm -hmm. to lead us and speak to us. Father, that you would just remind us in those moments that you would just begin to speak to us. I'm here. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I see you. Yes, I see your struggle. Yes. I know what you're wrestling with. Father, I thank you that you can do that, that you will speak to each one of us and remind us of who you are and how um, you will fight on our behalf, that you will fight for us, that you will protect us. So Father, we just thank you for wisdom for those that are in our province and in our nation that are making decisions. Yes. Father, we thank you that your hand of protection is upon, um, upon all people right now. Lord, that you would help our healthcare system to be able to navigate this uh, to the best of its ability. Lord, we just thank you that we as a people would walk with wisdom, we would walk with faith, and we would not allow fear to have any place in our hearts. And Jesus, we invite you to come in in those moments when fear would try to push yeah. its way in. And Father, you would help us to resist that fear with the wisdom and knowledge of your word. And Lord, I just thank you that right now you are with each and every person and that the confidence of heaven is coming right yeah. now in this moment to wash away all fear in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Something that we do from time to time, it might be helpful for you is we do this thing about where we pray and I just kind of visualize I'm putting everything in that I'm worried about or concerned about into my hands and I'm almost like putting it into a cup. And then one by one, I just say, Lord, I release those things to you. And when I'm done praying that, I just let them, I just do this. I say, let it go. And it might be important for you to do that go through that four-step process and, and really walk through and put some feet to this, what we've talked about. Jesus is with you in the storm. Um, we're going to stop here in a moment, but I just wanted to remind you of three things that we're going to be doing uh, that are going to, over the next week or so, so it's really important. Number one, I said this already, we're going to collaborate with the local authorities to contain this virus in whatever way that they're asking us to move. Number two, we're going to communicate with you our response excuse me, our responses immediately. We're going to cancel our worship night, which was scheduled for Wednesday and our set free retreat, which was a couple weeks old. Uh, this is an evolving situation and we're going to continue to communicate by email. If you're not part of our uh, email thing, you can be just um, write to hello at horizonchurch.ca and ask to be put on the e-list. You can follow our social media channels uh, at Horizon Church Surrey uh, and by calling or texting. So collaborate, communicate, number three is care. We're gonna be caring for one another. We have some ideas and strategies that we're gonna be working on, and we will communicate those out to you to help us to creatively care for one another, not just 
the horizon pound. But the neighbor on your left and on your right and around and ways that we can do that uh, safely as well as just minister and love on people. So thank you. Um, it's been an interesting day. It's going to be some interesting season, but Jesus is with us in the mm -hmm. storm. Thank you. We love you, Horizon fam. Thank you for um, responding so well. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.